0: This is Jordan Edwards, and this is the Business Jiu Jitsu Podcast.
1: How are you doing, Jordan? What's going on?
0: Everything's good. It's very, very good to see you again. Good uh, to see you. I'm very excited to talk to you about uh, the past couple months and sure. your brand. Super rare. One of my favorite uh, mixed martial arts and martial arts brands. Uh, Thank you. I have watched you grow this business almost from the very, very, very first day. Uh, Pretty much. Yeah, when you opened your first store, East Coast MMA in Raffle Center, um, <laughs> my office was right around the corner from from that location, which you still have today. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just remember co- driving to work one day and seeing your brand and saying, "Oh my God, there's a there's an MMA store." Was that around 2011?
1: That was in March. We opened our doors in Long Island in March 2011.
0: That's crazy. And you, I mean, you really are. Uh, an incredible entrepreneur, an unbelievable mm-hmm. artist, and you have grown a worldwide brand. Um, before I even continue, last night I'm watching Dana White's um, Tuesday Night Fighter Series, which my friend and teammate Tanisha Tennant was fighting on. By the way, yeah, sure. one of the guys has got your super rap song.
1: Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. And we, get, we get messages like that all the time now. Like we get like people send us screen grabs of different places they see the brand and it's 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 always it's never it never gets old yeah and uh but Tanisha I, like um she's been great too I mean that's you know her come up has been something fun to watch just like all the different guys from Budokan yeah. where you know where I know you from
0: yeah absolutely well, I my gym I can't say enough incredible things about my gym and the guys that run at my sensei Nardu and Matt Cully. And Professor Akbar, who I think was your first my ever customer ever, first customer hey, ever, is one of my yeah,
1: him, him. and another guy from Longos, um, they were there when I opened the doors back in March 2011. They were both waiting outside for the first time, so that was like the best thing for me because I didn't know if anybody would come ever. Essentially, I just kind of was doing it. I, I, I should preface this though. I have a cool little cool story. So like, they were my first customers ever, but the first person to ever step foot in the store that wasn't me or my wife or my dad was Chris Weidman and stuff which is pretty cool because he just he saw because the sign had gone up and we still have like the windows like papered over because we were doing work behind it but the sign had gone up that it was an MMA store so he kind of just knocked and peeked his head in and it was right after he had his first UFC fight and I didn't recognize him because of the fight and you know that and I was like and he was just like hey you know what are you guys doing here and stuff like that, and just kind of said what up and that was pretty cool.
0: That is, well, one of my fundamental lessons in business that I always teach to young entrepreneurs or, or first-time entrepreneurs, which is you got to have an amazing sign. I mean, you got yeah. to. Sure was
1: yeah. amazing, but uh, yeah, it just, I wanted to make sure it said fight shop in really big letters. So people driving by, you know, cause we are on the highway over there. So like, so people driving by, it would just catch people. I didn't want it to like, you know, I didn't really get too crazy artistic with it, but I wanted people to know that it was like a store for fighting.
0: You had a great sign, uh, I will tell you that. I mean, I I saw LA
1: LA has a cool sign, LA has a cool sign, but it worked, yeah, it worked for the time.
0: So yeah, so just tell me a little bit about your come up. I mean, what was the inspiration to start this brand and and, and how's it been over the past nine years or so, 10 years?
1: Almost 10 years, crazy, right? So the brand, so after college, like everyone, you know, some people have a plan, some people don't have a plan and I always knew I wanted to, do something that i found personally fulfilling but i didn't necessarily know what that was i thought for a while i maybe wanted to be like a sports agent or something because i'm not i'm not the talent like i knew that much from the from you know (laughs) i'm not going to be like the professional athlete but i will be like i wanted to be kind of in that world and um you know and then there was i was just trying to figure it out i had different internships and like sports marketing places and like pr and i hated them it was terrible and they were uh it could have been cool, but I feel like the internship programs, they, um, they just really wanted people for data, you know, data input, and, you know, and I was, and I consider myself a creative person. So that was just like killing me and killing my eyes. And, and like, cause they had old computers and it was, it was terrible. So I i needed to figure something out. So I had always um, to make money while I did the internships, I would always waited tables. Like I waited tables probably for like 10 years before this stuff, just to get money in my pocket. And uh, I remember, you know, on slow nights, I would always just kind of like, try to brainstorm or I'd read like, like different book. Like that was probably the last time I ever read a book was like, um, you know, you'll probably hate me for this, but the last time I probably read a book okay. was when I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do and stuff, you know? And so I, um, and I was just like Googling stuff, and, you know, and, and I saw something like someone was selling their fight shop in like Oregon. I remember this, like, I remember it pretty, like, I remember this very clearly So And it was, And the whole concept, it was like selling their business on like Craigslist, like we're just like business for sale, Craigslist, fight shop. And I'd never thought of the concept of a fight shop before. And um, so I wasn't the first, you know what I mean? But I was like, wow, that's a really cool idea because I love the UFC and none of my friends really give a shit about the UFC. Um, So like to make a store and like kind of put my spin on, like I started thinking about it because I was like, you know, places like. Not places, but brands like Tap Out and Affliction and all that stuff were so popular. And I it wasn't really my style. So I was like, it'd be cool if I could like make a store and curate it like the way I think it should be, because I don't think it has to be like that. And like um you know, and then I grew up in skate shops and surfboard, you know, surf shops and all that stuff in my life. So I was like, it'd be cool to kind of bring that mindset to um, like a fight store because I love like the UFC and fighting and and all that kind of stuff so it'd be a place where I can talk you know talk about fighting with other people yeah and I mean that was like the biggest thing it was like I was just have a place where I could talk about fighting with people yeah it's kind of like that yeah. and then maybe you know build it into something or you know it's funny because you know we, we like you mentioned before we were East Coast MMA which feels now it feels like that I mean, it wasn't even that feels like another lifetime but um what was I gonna say so the reason I called the East Coast MMA was because I didn't know what to call it. Like, it's like picking a name for a band or, or something. And like, you know, I, I didn't consider myself a brand at the point, you know, we were carrying other brands in the store. So I didn't want to just give it like, um, well, that, that wasn't the idea to name it something like super rare because it wasn't a brand at the point. It was just it was just a retail store and it's for other brands. So I didn't want to be like Long Island Fight Shop, a Long Island MMA Fight Shop. Um, I don't want to be New York MMA fight shop because then I'm like, I'm like, I always had that. like kind of like bigger plans. I was like, Oh, maybe it'd be cool if we could be like regional. Yeah. I mean, like that'd be great. I'll say East coast. So then all the East coast people can kind of like get behind the store. And uh, I said MMA because, you know, we'll be carrying not just like stuff for like UFC, like, uh, like actual like MMA, but like jujitsu stuff and boxing stuff and Muay Thai stuff all on one roof. So I said, I called it MMA. Um, Just because I couldn't think of a name. You know what I mean? Like for the most part, and I, I feel like it worked for the for the time and like for what the store was at that point. Like it made sense, um, because yeah, I, I always I never really thought about really building a brand or just really wanted to have the coolest store. Yeah, I guess. Well,
0: you, uh, you even when it was East Coast MMA, you were building a cult following already and getting yeah. a lot of buying from the whole local fight community. And um, I would routinely ha- go. And have a, oh shit, I forgot a gi, or oh, I need a rash guard now. And having not, you know, not having to order it online at MMA Warehouse or, you know, one of these sites. uh, It's funny because tap out is, you know, a a shade of what it was uh, 10, 15 years ago. Affliction, I don't know if it's, it's not. They've all
1: pivoted. They've all pivoted. Yeah. Uh, Tap out's in like WWE and affliction's more like motorcycle, right? Kind of lifestyle type stuff. And, um, you know, Tap Out lost their founder. So that, that made a big difference, like their brand yeah. direction. Yeah. But, but still, like, they were very pivotal about, you know, making MMA clothing like a thing people wanted, but it still wasn't really like, by the time I came around, it already had kind of like a connotation around it yeah. that wasn't, like, I wouldn't wear a Tap Out shirt, you know, like, so I, respect, I respect what they did, but there was a bunch of people that weren't like the stereotypical MMA clothing buyer that, you know, weren't represented, I guess.
0: Yeah but you were you were ahead of the curve because when that that was where it was when you started and now skate culture look surf culture look that is way more of what fighting is even athletic you know it's sure. a, a lot of uh, Fight where now is even like, you know, Reebok, obviously UFC just ended their sponsorship with them or will be shortly for Venom.
1: Reebok, that's a whole could do a whole podcast on Reebok and MMA. <laughs>
0: yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. But it's gone kind of more in the direction that I think you had a big part in. That yeah,
1: mainstream, yeah.
0: Yeah, you, you you are absolutely one of the early influences in making that happen. And I remember when you opened your New York City shop, mm-hmm. how pivoted, pivotal I thought that was. And I said, wow, I can't believe he's opening up a store on the Lower East Side. It's on the Lower East Side, right? Not Yeah,
1: yeah. orchestra, yeah.
0: Yeah, Lower East Side, opening this fight shop. And the stuff that you were making seemed very – like it was appealing to people outside of just in the fight community, which I think kind of like sure. MMA was more targeted like gear. And then all of a sudden you have like a fashion brand.
1: Yes, so the Lower East Side – came about maybe four years after we opened the doors to the long island store but only one year after we did the store like uh the doors to long island i opened the store in brooklyn like a small little store in brooklyn that was that was a crazy long learning experience and i know a lot of these like business podcasts always like to talk about people's losses and like and, like, and stuff like that. so that was that was an that was like going to school so i didn't i didn't get like an mba or anything like that in business but that brooklyn store definitely told me a lot um you know, good and bad because I was running a second store. Yeah. I wasn't there all the time. Yeah. You know what I mean? Cause I was in Long Island most of the time. And so I had, you know, how to manage employees remotely and, um, you know, buy for two different locations and keep track of two different locations. And then the, you know, the gym had its own issues that, you know, that we were a part of because of, you know, they they're still there and they've sorted it out since, but in the beginning that place was, a you know, Enzo will tell you, cause we were in business with it. I opened the store inside of a gym with henzo gracie you know you know so that was you know so they had to worry about like the politics of the gym and everything like that too so i learned a lot and but that store made it possible to open up the city store and um so yeah so that was that was a big even though it was like a pain in the ass for like the two and a half years it was open um you it was important. Credit, yeah.
0: I, I hope you give yourself credit for just that entrepreneurial spirit. I mean,
1: so many. <laughs> you know why, do, you, do you know why I did the store, though? Right. And it's part, part of it's competitive. Like, um, it's always competitive, I guess. So, like, so, the, so the, that gym, they released a flyer, they had a flyer, and they had like a blueprint of the store. Oh, not the store, the gym, like the facility. Yeah. And on the blueprint, it said, um, one of the parts of the blueprint said Fight Shop. And I was like, no, no. no. It's like, cause it's a, it's a niche thing, you know. What I mean, like, what, what I do is a very niche thing that I can't have other fight shops necessarily. I will this. All like now, I probably could. I, you know, like, then bring them on type of thing now. But like then, it was like, no, I couldn't afford to have another fight shop open up in the proximity because we were getting people in Long Island from Brooklyn and the boroughs and and all that stuff. So like, I can't have another fight shop open up in Brooklyn. So let me hit them up and like, I'll be, I'll put mine in there. Like, I'll, you know, I'll run it because at that time we had a decent reputation already. So I was like, yeah, I'll just do it. Like I'll, you know, if they're cool. So, so we did that, like, that was the kind of the what kind of got me off the the pot to kind of make that move with them, even though it was probably a little bit premature for me, I was just like one of those things, uh, I'll just figure it out. Yeah.
0: yeah. Listen, it's, uh, I'm endlessly fascinated by, uh, you know, other entrepreneurs like yourself who, um, are comfortable taking those risks and kind of betting it all when you, You're just draping it together to make it happen, and uh, I'm. I'm, I hope that people come to you all the time who want to start businesses or a t-shirt line, and they're like, "How did you do this? You know, how did you get all these Instagram followers? How did you start this? And you just, it's you had the guts.
1: Well, yeah, thank you. I mean, guts. You know, guts is definitely part of it. Um, You believing in like your vision is very, very important too. Just having like you know self belief and and you know knowing that what you're doing. is the right path, I guess, is just kind of having confidence in yourself. Yeah. So I feel like I have good... You know, there are definitely hard days, though. Like, I would say the hardest thing ever, like, even to, to this day, from when we opened till today, Um, I, I don't see it as much today, thankfully. And, I you know, I've, I've trained myself to kind of move past it. But in the to having, like, like slow days in Long Island, like, I would look at that and take it personally. Like, I would be like... Like, if no one really came in that day, I'd be like, <laughs> well, that's messed up, man. Like, what the hell? Like, I, you know, I'm doing all I can. And if these, if these guys want the store to be as good as possible, then, you know, they need to be coming in or what. Like it was just a weird, like mindset, like, um, and it would be tough, man. I'd be sitting there and I but, I, but I would use that time to work on different things. Like, and, um, cause we Long Island definitely had downtime. You know, it wasn't like we opened the doors and it was like the city stores, you know, pre COVID it was like, uh, you know, it was definitely a, a, a build, you know, a slow build, but like, um, so yeah, I would try to use that time as productively as possible and not just like mess around. Like there was definitely time where I played like video games and stuff like that uh, like in the beginning because we had like the TV set up over there. Yeah. The PlayStation, so I would like, I'd mess around a little bit, but I would constantly try to do other projects and think of different things and, you know, kind of seeing what other people are doing and whatever. And so that was, uh, but you know, just believing in yourself and you're taking risks, like calculated risks are important. Stupid oh, you risks, better. Like, uh, you know, like yeah, betting on yourself calculator risks are important, like you've done with your businesses and stuff, you know, like, uh, and, yeah, like, and then, but talking to, the, and understanding the customer, I think it was important, too. Like, yeah, now, perfect. I wasn't, like, going to a space where I didn't understand, like, I feel like I was, like, I feel like I was the customer, like, I were, like, I, you know, and then I would constantly be dealing with um, the different customers, and so I felt like I knew what they wanted as just a means of, like, providing it for them.
0: Listen, you, uh, well, listen th- this book is about business jujitsu, right? I'm trying to get at the heart of the principles that govern both martial arts or, or sports and business and life. And sure. um, when you go into business, you should expect that you are getting into a fight. It's like yeah. thinking that you're gonna sure. go into an K- MMA fight and not get hit. You know, if you think you're gonna get into business, there's gonna be those days where not a single customer walks through the door. Like yeah, yeah. Uh, there's going to be a snowstorm. There's going to be a power outage. There's going to be issues. Well, but
1: those I understand. It's the days where everything was really nice that I pissed me off. The snowstorm and stuff. Oh, I like yeah, a retail yeah.
0: business. it's too mm-hmm.
1: nice outside. That's it's But oh, bit, I never worked retail before. I had the store. Yeah. I worked retail yeah. for like a couple months in Abercrombie to meet girls, <laughs> um, which I did. I met my wife actually, so I worked out. Oh, yeah. yeah, that's where I met her. At, I worked in Abercrombie for a couple months, and they fired me um because i didn't i didn't listen to a direction very well in the sense that like i didn't like the way they spoke to me as like associates so i would always like I, I i threatened the district manager i told him i was gonna punch him in the face um because he was a he was a huge dick so like he, you know i don't apologize for that so like but yeah no it worked out so that was my only retail experience yeah so was a lot of a lot of on-the-job learning and um but that changed a little bit with when we opened the city because then I brought in partners because for the first couple of years, it was just myself doing everything, like literally everything from sweeping to accounting, to designing, to ordering, yeah, like everything. But but now it's that's not the case. Once we opened the city store, I brought in my brother, wow. Dylan, who has an extensive retail background running multimillion dollar stores in Manhattan for like Stuart Weissman and um, Tilly's. He opened up, you know, Tilly's Roosevelt Field and ran Stuart most recently before the store ran Stuart Weissman in um columbus circle you know i mean he was the you know the top guy over there so he had like actual retail experience um managing employees and you know keeping a stock room neat like he would look at my store and just shake his head you know the way i did it and then i wrote on my other partner pat who left his job as an investment banker at deutsche bank to kind of run the financial side of the of the business as well so i kind of you know like i still had like input everywhere in that sense but also they took a lot of they think doing both take a lot of stuff off my plate to kind of let me do what I do uh, the best you know I could possibly do it like now my job is completely different like the way what I do now like on a daily basis is totally different than anything I thought I would do but it's everything I want to be doing so
0: well I've been incredibly impressed with your uh your media your marketing your video your your actual products you have an artistic eye is that something that was learned or you picked it up or you just have an aesthetic I mean, while you talk about it, I'm just going to pull yeah. up and share my screen over here um, because some of the people who are going to watch this aren't uh, familiar with your brand. Sure. But just check out how beautiful this site is. I mean, this is world- I, I
1: shot that yesterday, two days ago. <laughs>
0: <This is> world-class <laughs> photography, world-class product development. Um, it's really beautiful. The, the The partnerships that you've done uh, through uh, the, the Bruce Lee license, through the Ali license, the, the partnership you did with Dope um, cool. really picked it up. I mean, it was. Oh,
1: just wait. Just, just wait. That's like a,
0: Yeah, it was nice a, a, a lot. That. You know, I mean, you've known I've been a massive fan of yours since the day one um, and grateful to have you know, a, a shop that's supporting our community of martial artists. But to have somebody doing it here locally at this level is uh, is really special. So can you just kind of talk about like, you know, when you from the sure. time you started making the East Coast MMA kind of swag all the mm-hmm. way to being a real fashion brand?
1: I appreciate that. Thank you so much. Um, yeah. The East Coast MMA stuff was fun. And we, you know, we opened up with that. We had our own brand shirts when we opened the store. So that was something like from day one. We always had we had branded shirts from day one, but it wasn't. The idea wasn't to make a brand necessarily or you know it was a slow build from that aspect but you know so but then we did some shirts that we did like that band together shirt for the legalized mma in new york yeah shirt that we know that, that was one that was one of the first concept shirts that we did um and that one did well for us people like that one we sold a bunch of them and you know the more you know as you know when you make your own stuff the margin is way better than when you're selling someone else's shirts and then also countless times you know like sometimes you have a shirt that does well from another company and you can't even get it you know when you need it and stuff so so yeah. that was kind of like the antithesis for trying to make more and more of our own stuff and then it just kind of kept going and kept going like a it was a slow build though like and now it seems like oh it kind of happened the people that just jump on like we you know, like we've been doing this since the jump but that's not the case but so the stuff like you pulled up now um so actually i'll I'll backtrack so in the beginning we would get like a like a a share that we would do i would probably like hire a photographer i would be there on the shoot i would tell them what i want exactly and they would pull the trigger and edit you know like the and they would edit them for me but then i started doing more of that stuff myself too and i started picking up photography and stuff to the point where now I, i handle Ninety percent of the photography for the for the for the store. So all the stuff you showed there is, is stuff that I shot, and that's like my that's like a like a passion of mine now.
0: Yeah, that, like they, that a, I started because of the more. store. It's fantastic. And stuff,
1: it's fantastic. and then uh, but then you no, know, so sort of like my we, now I have my buddy Brian, who is I love his photography as well. That he he works with us too now because we have a little extra needs when it comes to just like product shots and stuff. So now actually he's we just put him on. So now we have now we're starting to build like a content team. So we have Brian and Alan who does our video. And you know, I work real close with those guys. They're more than just people that work with me. You know, they're friends of mine. And you know, like yeah. like the other day we just broke into like a warehouse, like an abandoned warehouse to like do a shoot, and that was like that was so much fun. You know what I mean? But like, until like the cops came and told us to leave. But very <laughs> nicely though. They're very nice. But um Yeah, the video we
0: out is um, is really first class.
1: Oh, well, he's Alan's the best, yeah. This one coming up is to be even better. He just got his new camera. But so before, so like, so we did like the band together stuff and we would do like super rare jujitsu shirts, Uh, super, I'm sorry. East coast, I made jujitsu shirts and Muay Thai shirts. And they always did, they always did very well, but it was hard to, um, you know, just having those stores and, and the the requirements for all the spending I had to do with other brands, like to kind of make sure that the gear was on point, that, um, it was harder to, to always sometimes make some of those shirts, but, um. You know, we did it organically. You just, you know, supply and demand type thing. And then we just once we kind of flipped the switch to Super Air, that was really a game changer for us. As far as like now we have something that we could like really, we have really good foundation now, like to brand around, like to really build around. Because at that point, we had just right before that we had just released our first collection of gear, and um, we didn't really know what even to call it. We had our own boxing gloves, and we didn't really have a name for them. We just had the skull logo for us, and like it's kind of just that and like you see MMA gear and and it's hard to like market MMA gear like an MMA company like that literally has MMA in the name to someone who boxes because they think they just assume it's UFC yeah at that point and like um so I learned that lesson as well and uh, so Super Rare was all-inclusive to everybody it wasn't just um MMA I guess you would say like so it was boxing the boxing guys could buy in you know which they have and the jujitsu guys and and the MMA guys and the Muay Thai guys, and just people that like clothing. Yeah, it's happening. I mean? so,
0: streetwear, yeah. sneaker culture, like, uh, hype yeah. beast kind of thing. Like, it,
1: it, yeah. <laughs> and a lot of people always walk around and they come in, like, they think it's supreme because <laughs> people are so, like, you know, and stuff. So I was like, no, never no, super rare, you know, but, um, <laughs> but yeah, so that, you know, just building that. And also, we were at that point when we op- when we started super rare, we knew we were opening up in LA this is a couple years after having the city store and um, so we couldn't call the city, the the LA store East coast MMA. So we had to, we had to figure something out. So like, uh, yeah, I was just, you know, it was a process to come up with the words, you know, the word super rare. Yeah. Um, but it it worked out well, once we heard it, we kind of knew that was the one and, uh, we haven't looked back since. And it just kind of, now we're just building it from there. And, you know, I, I still like East coast MMA feels like lifetimes ago. Like it wasn't even a thing. Yeah. Like, but but it was, you know, I mean, it was. It's important to, you know, when we have these conversations to acknowledge it. But other than these conversations, it I've never, uh, it never comes up otherwise. Well, listen, it's
0: foundational and building blocks. Yeah. And, you know, for the purposes of a business uh, mm-hmm. podcast, it's important to know the come sure, up. like hundred percent. I remember. I think you tell me you like to listen to how I built this podcast, right?
1: Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Hundred percent. Like, it's definitely important. And then, uh, what was I going to say? We kept the skull logo as well from the East Coast MMA days. To have some more brand continuity and stuff for the people that have been there, and and um, as like a nod to like those years and everything like that, and um, and going forward and stuff like. Uh, yeah. So yeah, it's not you know, but that just just talking about it's like kind of like a memory lane type thing, because we're like full we're like full steam ahead for the future and and what's next and everything like that. So that's just all in my mind.
0: You guys made it through uh, COVID. I, I think I read a few days ago in Barrons that 155,000 small businesses have closed never coming back
1: shame of no, course, it's terrible
0: legendary brands this week alone century 21 bankrupt out of business uh, Brooks brothers is gone and sold but in its current iteration gone and Lord and Taylor and God Macy's and Barney's oh, nice. and go nice. on and on and on so you guys you put up a picture on Facebook uh, of the LA riots. Uh, and they smashed and broke into your store and to- took everything like what was that like
1: <laughs> so so we we t- well just to preface it like we t- we fully support like the movement like the idea behind the 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 heart behind the movement like the, that yeah. that change needs to happen and stuff. Like that. so we we that's we're on board with that 100
0: yeah
1: and then and it's tough because I get why people are riding because they're upset, you know what I mean? Like well, not yeah. everybody. Some people are riding because to be opportunistic. And I could, looking at the cameras doing that thing, like that's very clear because a lot right. of people like do. But for the most part, the reason why civil unrest is happening and the reason why, you know, the situation was what it was is because people were upset. So I can, I totally get that. And that's bigger than the store and that's, that's whatever. And then, you know, we thought we kind of, uh, that we personally, like we thought we got lucky like as far as, because they, they that night they had instituted a curfew at 8 p.m. in LA, and uh and you know 8 p.m. came and we were okay because we thought people would start like dispersing because we knew that shit was getting crazy around right, right around us, like right around us, and um we we're like, oh man, like I think I think we'll be all right, like and then like 8:05 came by and like someone kind of like looked at our store and then took a hard look and then started like ripping down the gate. Well, then a couple people joined them. And, and then there was, that was like, I was shaking so much to just watching it, but um, it was funny though, not funny, but what, that's the wrong word, but like what, the build up to them breaking in was very nerve wracking. I was shaking so much and like, just kind of just from, just from sheer nerves. But then um, when they actually got in there, I got way, like I got like really calm. Because then I was just watching something, actually. I wasn't worried about something happening because it was already happening. So I was just watching it happen and yeah. just kind of, and just and hoping for a bit, like, hoping it wouldn't be too bad. And actually, like, from all intents and purposes, we were really lucky. We actually ended up being really lucky. They took, I mean, they took whatever they took, but they didn't really damage the store other than, like, the the the, the door, they, like, the glass door, the window, like, um for the door to, to get in. Yeah. So the actual damage to, like, like custom fixtures, like the kind of stuff that's hard to replace. Yeah. It was very minimal. Like they took our iPad, you know what I mean? Like that kind of stuff and then like product. But as far as like, like we have like really cool murals in the store. So they didn't destroy the mural. They didn't destroy anything custom that we built. You know I mean? And then other stores on the block on Melrose over there got like burnt down, you yeah. know, or like completely devastated. So I, we, we, you know, we just kind of counted ourselves lucky and we were able to board up that. We, had, we got someone to board it up that night and that was that you know what I mean like it didn't happen again and um you know and then you know we haven't ins- we have insurance and stuff like that so no you know it's we, you know what was going on socially you know paled in, you know our issues paled in comparison to like the bigger picture but it was hard to watch you yeah. know what I mean? was, you know I mean like it was hard to watch so like and I never had to deal with anything like that before um so it was you know it was interesting so like recently there was some you know some more stuff started popping up again so we just we we're a little bit more proactive. Um, so we just closed a little earlier that day. You know, we have a different gate now because the other one came. So I think we're a little hopefully a little more protected. But at the end of the day, um, you know, it sucks that it had to happen, you know, that people had to ride and do all that kind of With
0: stuff. My heart, to watch the footage that you put up on social media. I think you have a really good attitude about it. I feel the same way. Uh, I want I want positive change in our country. I want I want to end uh, police brutality I want to support uh, black lives but as a business owner watching your business get destroyed this is how you feed your family and thank God it wasn't worse but there could have been worse you could have had employees there there could have been you could have been. And so I, I can, I personally can compartmentalize those two things. You know, I on one hand can support social change. And on the other hand, I can also, by the way, I could support good police officers. And I can also condemn those, the guy that killed George Floyd is a, is a murderer. Um, understand. But, you know, People don't
1: understand nuance a lot, especially right now with everything going on. Yeah. Everything's very polarizing.
0: Yeah. And I think I, for you, I felt, I felt like for you, Zach, when I watched that, my heart broke and we avoided it. Yeah. Uh, mixology, thank God, but I was terrified. You know, when my when Phase One happened, or Phase Two, and my employees started going back into the Manhattan store, and there were still yeah. uh, riots and looting happening, I was like, I didn't know if I should open the store. And so now I had to pick between opening the store, paying rents, and closing because my employees are in danger. And that was just like you; I was shaking. Yeah. That was a terrible feeling.
1: Yeah, no, we boarded up the city store, and we we closed until you know things normalize you know like there was a big you know like a, it popped really high just like it did in la in new york with soho and we're, we're right next door to soho yeah. and so you know we just kind of you know, we kept up we, we we were more proactive in manhattan than we were reactive in la because yeah. we didn't know we didn't expect that to happen in la because um, there was no precedent for us at least in la or anywhere really to look for that kind of the signs for that kind of stuff yeah. and um you know, like we did the collab with Dope. I mean, Dope got leveled. They're still not open and stuff. So like, because they're right on Fairfax where everything really jumped off to begin with. So like like I said, we, we count ourselves lucky. We were able to open up a week later. Yeah. You know what I mean? And stuff. So it was uh, it was okay. And then this, the community rallied behind us too because they saw, you know, what happened. And, and um, you know, the community in LA is great. Just like the, uh, the Long Island community welcomed us when we opened and the, the New York community and the tri-state area community welcomed us when we did the store, the LA community has been the same way. So they were, you know, they showed up right afterwards to kind of support the store too. So we, we really have no complaints, you know, in all as well that ends well type thing. And it was a shitty night for sure to watch that happen, but we're better business owners as a result of it. And um, like I said, we, we understand, you know, this, this, this stuff should affect everybody and, you know, kind of, and some on some level it affected us more than I'd like it to affect other people, but people should feel some kind of, uh, you know, it's a, it's an uncomfortable situation. It should be for everybody. Yeah. Kind of. So like, um,
0: you have a good attitude about it. I appreciate you saying those things because, uh, you know, you and I both, we have a lot of African-American black friends. Um, yeah. and we want to yeah. be there for them. And so it's hard to watch your business potentially crumble, like in the case of dope and so many others, and also be on the side of, uh, of change. So, but there's only one answer. I mean, things have to change for the best. And I think that they will. Um, so listen, what's next for the business? What what do you got planned? I see a very exciting collaboration coming up, or I don't know if it's a collaboration or a line that you're doing the Italian
1: brand. That's a, that's a line. So that we have a new, we have a, like a workshop, I guess. Fact, like, it's more of like a, I wouldn't call it like a factory, mm-hmm. but it's like a workshop that we have in uh, in Italy now, in like Tuscany. That's like uh, that's making the nicest boxing gear that you know, like you can imagine with like a nice leather and, and, you know, they're not doing it for all these different brands. So they're just, you know, working with us and stuff. So, um, so yeah, we're going to roll out our first ever made in Italy boxing line. That's like pure boxing. It's not like, it's like pure boxing. So it's like pure boxing gloves, headgear, which we've never done before. Two different kinds of headgear, groin, groin guards. Um, and really primo, primo stuff. Like um we, we, we did like logos that are that's special for them. That yeah. for this for this line that's like you know, like like real like Italian brand, like almost like Formula One type logos. And, yeah, that's what it reminds um, me of.
0: Or like software. Mm-hmm. Did you design that logo?
1: So no not the actual so it was like a collaborative effort from like an, an idea standpoint. Yeah. But then like so so I work with my buddy Jay from Bangarang. He does the the brand Bangarang a lot. Yes. And he's a much better artist than I am, like actual like artist. So sometimes I'll have a concept or something, and and like I'll give Jay like some notes that are you know a little erratic or whatever like that, and he'll you know be trial and error. You know he usually nails it for me and stuff. Um, so yeah, Jay definitely, as far as the polished logo is concerned, that's that's Jay. I give yeah. him notes and and we you know we but, but that was a collaborative one for sure, and he um. Yeah, he killed it. He kills it a lot of, you know, he's a very good artist, but, but that's, but that, that whole look to that line and that whole, like the quality, the quality of art, to be honest, the quality of our other gloves are really nice too, but this is just like, this is like small batch, like, like just not, we're not making a lot, you know, per, um, per run, but we'll, you know, they're going to be really nice, really, really primo stuff. And like, um, so that I'm r- super excited about getting those in, um, what was I going to say, we have we do have cool collaborations coming. We do have some cool, like special edition gloves coming from our normal manufacturer that I'm really excited about. Um, just getting better with as far as the gear, like, we like the game has changed. Like, for us, like, the goals are different now. It used to be to be the best fight shop in the you know, in the world, and like that, you know, we're there now. We gotta we'll still we'll we'll, keep, we'll still work to keep that maintain that title. Yeah, you know, we'll defend, we'll be the you know, the we'll keep defending that title for the best fight shop in the world. Yeah, but. But like we're gonna jump weight classes now. Now we're gonna, you know, we're gonna, you know, we're gonna be double and triple champs because we're gonna, we're gonna look to be like the top, you know, the top brand in boxing. Like, i I want to have pros wearing our, our gloves in the ring. You know, what I mean, start making fight gloves and like if, it's not gonna happen overnight, just like the store didn't and everything like that. But you know, some of these so these brands are noticed. Be
0: the you know official clothing sponsor of the UFC or of a boxing promotion. Uh, it's, I mean, your stuff is on par, it has better commercial appeal than Venom.
1: Uh, it's, I like Venom too, I mean, and uh, good for them for getting the UFC, um, the I, UFC I, deal that's huge for them and stuff. Yeah, that they uh, I, but they're, they're such a globally big company, but they're just a different aesthetic than ours, but they, uh, yeah, but that really works for Venom though, because they're they, they have their own customer that doesn't necessarily like our stuff like as much, yeah. like they like the Venom look, you know what I mean? Like that's and they sure. do really well with it, so that I respect what they've done um so we're we're actually i mean they're kind of um i respect a lot of the things that i'm done they're actually a good person to like look towards like is because they came from like they built it up from nothing too and they're kind of a like a yeah. powerhouse yeah. Yeah.
0: you know mixed martial arts brand for fight wear fight wear but i don't any there's no crossover appeal as much.
1: no i don't think so i mean i they'd probably make to different but i don't i personally don't think so but that's just like a difference in aesthetic yeah. so like um so yeah, so but like but that kind of stuff like and then being able with the Italian stuff to make like custom gloves and fulfill custom orders because we you know we're one of the few stores in the world that sell winning boxing gear which is very hard to find but um, you know if people want we will still continue to sell winning because we, we love the brand but they you know if someone wants a custom pair of winning gloves it'll be very expensive and it'll take like eight months sometimes to get the stuff wow. but with us you know with us you know we could probably we could turn around a custom order in like a month and um, Audi's not going to be that different, you know what I mean? Like it's going to be nice. And uh, so that's exciting for me just to be able to put that kind of stuff out there. Um, and then as far as the collabs, like with, you know, the Ali and Bruce Lee stuff, we're going to continue to scale those. And we got some big plans and stuff, you know, especially with Ali, like with collaborations, um, as far as like, like we did the one like I'm wearing now, this is like the ring magazine yep. Ali collaboration we did, which is. Was-
0: yeah, we pulled up. I actually had the, uh, the Ali pulled up, ready to uh, share.
1: Like, this one's awesome. Like I love this. So, like, Ring Magazine's been around since like the eighteen hundreds, and um, their their covers are like iconic, especially their old ones in like the seventies and sixties. Yep. So, the video that's actually one of my favorite videos we ever did was the whole like little documentary <laughs> one we did with um with Doug Fisher, the editor of Ring Magazine. Yeah. Um, just talking about how you know how you know great Ali was for just the, just the just their boxing in the magazine in general. And, to be able to work with them on a on a collab was great. We worked with Gleason's yep. on an Ali collab, you know. We'll um, and then we're we're gonna step it up a little bit with the Ali collabs and stuff. We got some cool ones planned.
0: And this jacket was phenomenal. The inside is the you know the old uh, flyer poster, and then you took his robe and you made this gear. I mean, it really was beautiful stuff. I mean, it is a it's nice. it's still a yeah,
1: habit. It is. I mean, it's gonna just I keep getting, all, getting better
0: though. Right before COVID, we were talking about this, and I I was so inspired by. How you you know you brought this you breathe life into this collection and and it's uh, I didn't I didn't even know that you could um, you know go I, I never thought to go out and get a license like this and then make be so artistic with it and you did such a good job on it. This,
1: Thank you very much. Yeah, yeah I, the new really Bruce Lee awesome. stuff yeah. actually yeah. is yeah. like uh, I'm really happy with the next Bruce Lee stuff we have coming. It's a lot different than I think that our first drop and. Um, definitely wanted to, you know, kind of set ourselves apart more with that kind of stuff. And then just our own clothing as well. And then more partnerships like we did with dope, you know, trying to work with other brands. Like, um, yeah, I swing for the fences sometimes with these collabs and doesn't like, we're not quite there yet, I guess, for some of these brands that I've reached out to. Like, yeah, like I really wanted, like, like I, I reach out to every brand that you probably like, I've probably reached out to like, and then you know, somewhere, you know, We'll get there. We'll, we'll get there. Like some of these, we have one coming out before the holiday that we're going to announce soon that that um, is definitely. Um,
0: I want to include, uh, you know, in my book and you just nailed something so important. You reached, you reached out to so many, you know, there's going to be a young entrepreneur watching this video. There's going to be someone who's going to read the chapter of the book and they think that, Oh, I called this guy one time and he didn't get back to me. So what? You know, so what? You got to make a hundred phone calls. <laughs> just yeah. Yeah. how many, you, you just said you reached out to all these brands to try to do collabs. You're trying to punch above your weight, but oh,
1: yeah, Definitely. way above my weight yeah. Yeah. and stuff. But like, like I like, I'll, I'll share one of them that I, you know I've given me. It hasn't been easy, but I keep trying. Is uh, I have a really cool concept for like a Timberland glove and That's stuff right. like that. That's gonna be sick. It'd be so sick. And yeah. I got the. I find, like. I called. I found like Timberland corporate, and I called different people like on like, and I found one dude on LinkedIn who like, went, like set me up with like another like the guy I guess, but he's kind of been ignoring me a little bit. So I gotta keep I gotta keep working on this dude, and um, but it's fine, it's fine, it's fine. When it, when it happens, it'll be that much sweeter. Absolutely, you know I mean, I guess. <laughs> but the yeah. one we do have coming out, I'm super excited about. Like, it's uh, it's really nice actually. It's right. Honestly, I think it's right on par with some of the Italian stuff we're doing. But it's uh, it's um that'll come out and um it's like a cool vintage set like a whole set like really it's nice and it's, it's with a brand that's been around from like the 1800s yeah. and stuff and um and then there'll be like it said that, but that'll licensing what i've what i've learned about licensing is um it's kind of like a leverage game and um like you work with one person you could leverage that into working with someone else and so i guess it's just um you know they'll play the game and take time and because I don't know anybody. Like, we figure all this stuff out from nothing. Like, it's not like we have like a big rolodex of of all these different connections and everything like that that can open these doors. And um, you know, the ones we do have, you know, have been great. And but, you know, um, I don't know. We're figuring it all out still. Just in different. We're just figuring different stuff out now.
0: It's it's the most beautiful music to my ears because people look at people that have had success like yourself and they think it was handed to them or that they just got to this point and they don't realize the come up, the struggle, the, you know, the phone calls, the sleepless nights, the video games in the store when no customers show up, uh, it's not a straight line to, you know, doing these kind of collaborations, but you know, what you've done, you've actually done what you said you were going to do. You know, you came out with these beautiful collections, beautiful art. you got the, the 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 shop in Tuscany to make it. Most people just have the idea. Oh, I want to make something in Italy. I've got this great idea for a blah blah blah. Oh yeah, then I-, I want to shoot it with
1: a Ferrari, and then so I put it out there. I mean, now we have a Ferrari for the photo shoot for the Italian gloves and stuff like that. So nice. <laughs> always, yeah, we got and then like with the Ollie video, we got the actor Frank Grillo to be in the video. Just because we asked him, I was like, I don't know, Frank's way too big for us, but like, let me hit him up and just. It can't hurt to ask. You know, you know worst he could say is no and be polite. And he was like, "Yeah, fuck yeah!" He goes, "I love you guys." So then, and then we just we just heard like um, a comedian buddy of ours wants to wear a super rare shirt for his Netflix special. You know what I mean? So that'd be cool. So that'd be, you know that'd be dope if that comes to if that happens. And then like um, you know now we're like outfitting some gyms of you know, some gyms that we've been fans of for a long time with like we're doing their bags for their for their gym. And you know that you know then one another thing I'm excited about is making bo- our, our super rare brand boxing shoes. You know what I mean? So like, that's a whole different world we're going to get in. So like, um, yeah. but that's kind of like my job now is to like, is the new business development stuff. Like that's kind of like, that's like my, that's like my thing now is like, is that, and then the sourcing for that and then the sampling and then the tweaking and then the marketing and like, that's, that's like, I don't even really mess with the I'm at the stores. Like I'm at the stores a lot. It's more of like from like an office reason though. Like instead of like front facing, like I used to be and stuff, but um I still like dealing with the customers though. Like, uh, Customers to me are like, I'm still the best salesperson in the store. <laughs> like, I hope Dylan watches this and the other people who, uh, who work for me watch this. and just know that I'm, I'm still better than every single one of you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Listen, I hope the founder is always supposed to be. But, uh, you, you didn't start by doing sourcing and partnerships. You started with sweeping and greeting me at the door and sitting there and you and I talking about mixed martial arts and BJJ. And sure. That's uh, so, it's so fantastic. Um, Libby, I just want to make sure I, I, I hit on everything that I wanted to get to with you. It's such an impressive story. Do you guys think you're gonna open more stores? Maybe Miami?
1: So, so like, some people ask us about Miami a lot, actually. It's funny. So, like, um,
0: yeah, it's, a, it's a hub for MMA.
1: Maybe, I mean, maybe one day, who knows? But, like, but right now, like, so, like, owning a fight shop and like not wanting someone to come in and like infringe on your thing is kind of like, like, like I believe in that because like, so there is a fight shop in Miami, that like that I, you know I know like I kind of know like I don't know him that well but I know the guy, and he's you know he's been here before I've met him he's a nice guy, and like, I wouldn't want to do that you know what I mean like from that like first of all opening a store right now with everything that's going on, not on my list. Our our goal is to grow the website, grow the brand as a whole, and kind of see where that takes us organically. Yeah, but my I, like more than miami like london i think like london makes more sense or like uh or something like that like if we could really like you know get ambitious and stuff but miami miami could be cool for like a pop-up yeah and just to kind of like see what goes on there and and like like a sick pop-up because we had some like the mall properties like uh reach out to us about maybe doing something like that but like that could be cool for like short-term type thing but like um but the store that's over there you know they they're cool enough where i wouldn't want to get into one of those things like in LA we have other fight shops out there. Like I don't really even consider them the other fight shops because it's yeah. like a different kind of it's a whole different business. Like their their store not to be disparaging, but it looks like my stock room right here. You know <laughs> what I mean? So like if you know like the people viewing this who don't know the store don't know what like our front face looks like, but it looks like if you walked into like a I'm gonna them like
0: right now because it's like a high end
1: sneak like a high end sneaker boutique or something. But uh
0: I have I have yes. it, it pulled up because it is it's so next level your your store. Um, this is your LA store. That's cool.
1: The mural is cool. Yeah, well, that's the that's the mural we did after the riots and stuff when we put up the new fence. We yeah. had our buddy um, do a new mural. The mural is great, actually. That, that's so now the store is really cool even when it's closed.
0: Yeah, it's beautiful. I mean, you're like I said, you know, this is always the first place that I start with a lot of entrepreneurs because they say things like, I don't have the money to invest in a sign. And I said, if you don't have the money to make build a sign, you don't have the money to open up a store. You have to go get that money uh, because you must make your face the first thing that people see. They're driving down the road and you're opening a store and it says fight shop and pulls Chris Weidman in on day one
1: yeah it's
0: such an important part of being a, you know having a small business but it's also a metaphor you know you, you want to make sure that you are going out into the world and marketing your business whether it's with social media or uh, your website or a facebook page whatever it is that is the metaphorical having a great sign and you have a great sign literally
1: <laughs> thank you for you guys i know with us opening the store facebook was a big thing for us um, because it was before it was all pay to play and everything was organic. Like if people were like, I'd post something and everybody who followed us would see it. And anytime I spent like, I could spend $10 on ads and, and get a good return. Did you guys have like a similar, like come up with the uh, mixology and stuff? Like where, with like, like, or like kind of where things like with, um, like Facebook marketing or with like, did that work for you guys too? or
0: Facebook and Instagram marketing is a, is a huge part of our, uh, digital. I have a, a massive budgets for our digital spend. Um, Instagram for the first few years was, it was, it was lightning. I mean, our first yeah. 10 or 15,000 followers were so engaged. It wasn't an aesthetic then. It wasn't cool. People weren't yeah. putting things up. We just put, posted our new arrivals.
1: Yeah, so we did too.
0: Every day, the moms would come into our stores with their cell phones. I think even Blackberries at the time. And they'd be like, my daughter's in class and she wants this. Sure, uh, and then we lost our way on Instagram for a few years there, and Facebook became uh, bigger and better. But truly, what always uh, set us apart was our stores and our physical locations. That was where we made our big investments, and we were in Class A shopping centers and like amazing downtown areas and very wealthy zip codes. And so our website was a kind of like a lookbook, an ancillary shopping point. That for, was our,
1: yeah. That was how I was treated it until really until like really until we got Ali, like in like last year, like November time, like 20, 2018, that's kind of, I did the same thing. Like it was always like secondary to our stores yeah. and like whatever we sold online was just bonus. Right. And um, that's kind of how we treated it. But now that's like, especially like we, we, we invested pretty heavily in rebuilding our website um, pre COVID, mm-hmm. which paid off, which has paid off dividends during COVID and got, and got us through the whole entire, you know, the, the website now is, even even from a sales standpoint now it's now it's trumped um i hate that word now now it's above the it's above it's above the new york city store um it's above the new york city store even even before covid and stuff which is impressive i didn't think i didn't think it you know now it just you know that's just now with all the other stuff like the italian stuff and the shoes and everything like that now that's like now it's you know now we gotta now we gotta start working
0: so. I, let's end it on that because you just nailed it. And uh, we are my business mixology clothing companies in the same boat. We made massive investments before COVID and it made us bulletproof. and knock on wood during COVID because we, were ready. Uh, we were
1: ready. I'm glad to hear.
0: We were you ready. Gotta catch
1: up. You got to tell me more about just like what's going on with you. because like, it has this been about me. Yeah. You got to come by and see me in Long Island and just tell me what's going on about you.
0: I absolutely will. I'll come up to catch up with you. And uh but today is all about you and, and we'll absolutely catch up and we have some other things to catch up on. I you told me you uh brought in Margo who is one of my retail consultants and now you're working with her. Uh I call everything that good has ever good happens in my business I call a Margo moment because Margo was the first person I hired that really transformed my business in 2000 and, uh January of 2012. Cool. 2013, excuse me. So, but anyway, listen Zach, uh, you can find Zach at Super Rare Fight Shop, uh, SuperRareShop.com. Your Instagram handle is Super Rare Shop, mm-hmm. and uh, it has been a pleasure having you on.